Hello, world. Why another podcast? Because every person is a universe. Because I talk about things you want to talk about. I say things that you have said, and it's good to be affirmed. I say things you haven't said, and it's good to be stretched. Now, join now. They're an amazing universe. My conversation partner does that for me. Mostly stretch my thinking. See, I, I sent her readings and shows, and she says things that makes me go, oh, shit. Never thought of it that way. And I want to capture that for myself at least. But why be selfish? I should share it with the world. So here it goes. Our first conversation around the Netflix series Beef. And that is a fucking well-told story. So not a bad thing to start a recording on. Sounds a little bit maybe official like that, but maybe we just quickly just introduce ourselves. <laughs> yeah. Uh, just let... Whoever the future listener will be, it could be just us two again, like who we are. But uh, yeah. Um, so, so like, yes, for me, I I just come from um, uh, one who is a Korean American growing up in New York, and I realized that Korean American and what city matters, right? Um, that that New York experience has shaped what what Korean means and what American means for me, and then also growing up in the church. So it's very, it took a while for me to kind of distinguish. I don't think you could fully pull out, you know, what it means to be Korean and what it means to be Christian. And then what it means to be Christian and what it means to be evangelical Christian. I only thought evangelical Christian was the only form of Christian for a long time. Right? Mm. Uh, but here I am, like, I, I am beginning to kind of see the differences and then, and, and there are other ways to explore those identities, right? Identities of Korean, identities of Christian. Um, but I also kind of come from um, like my way of processing now. I also realize is comedy. So mm-hmm. comedy is fun. It's a little break from all the work that I do, but it's also another way of processing uh, feelings and w- truth. Uh, so like here, I'm gonna bring all of that, and and I, I'm thinking like you know, if if as we talk, like if there's something funny, don't don't be afraid, just say it. And even if no one else laughs, it's okay. Right. So um, that's your job. <laughs> You're the funny one. <laughs> okay. Uh, ooh, pressure. Okay. It's hard to be funny when you're told to be funny, right? But and I think that's what I just did. So sorry about that. <laughs> uh, what I was trying to say is just give us freedom to joke around as we talk. So yeah. Uh, yeah. What about you? Like, what kind of like defines you? What are the perspectives? What is the what is the place that you are going to be the vantage place for your speaking? Mm, I don't know. Now I feel like I'm just coming from sort of nowhere <laughs> mm. or anywhere that I mm. think that the other person might expect I'm from. So I adapt because mm, technically I'm Korean American. So I was born in Korea, but I spent almost a decade in Bolivia and almost a decade in the US and then like four years in Germany and now two and a half years in the UK. So yeah, I went through a lot of crises in between, but now I'm like, I don't reflect about it as much. I find it interesting that people keep mulling over their identity because now I've just accepted like it just changes, changes. you know? So to me, it's sort of like, I need to wear a lot of hats, you know, just change hats and like be a chameleon. So I don't even bother anymore. When I was young, I used to get mad. Like if somebody was like, 
oh, this Chinese girl or whatever, I'd be like, no, you're so ignorant. Now I'm like, yeah. But they, mis- <laughs> they don't hear my name correctly and they think my name is Julie. And I'm like, yeah, sure. Call me Julie. <laughs> like if they're not people that I, um, that matter to me, sort of like, yeah, I've sort of gone through the phase of like thinking about who the hell am I? And now I'm just like, whatever. <laughs> yeah, it yeah, just keeps yeah. changing. So I don't have to be a core or anything. But mm. I guess all of the experiences shaped me. So right, right. I think humor is a big, a big thing. I love watching stand up as well. Yeah. And I think it sort of crystallizes like really a lot of them are just like not pretty bits of life, but they make it sound kind of funny. So it's usually very critical. Yeah. 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 So I appreciate that. And I think beef beef has a lot of that. Yeah, I do, I do want to talk about beef, um, but you know that. So, I mean, just what you shared right there is just so much, so many things that I want to go and ask more questions. And I, I there's, I just came up, came across this quote by Koki Lee. He, he was a Chinese American photographer, actually uh, pretty well known in Flushing. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a, in a kind of a lunch interview, he goes. I'm Asian American, so that makes me 100% authentically fake. <laughs> and I think that kind of goes to the question of like when you're asking like what is your core identity or your essence, it's really trying to pigeonhole you, right? And then say this is it, and authentic is just like you gotta abide by that. Mm. And I loved what you were saying, just like there's just you know multiple identities, and maybe the question of who I am is, is not that important. Um, I think it's really important to some people, but yeah, not for me right now. That might change. Yeah. Okay. okay. That's fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, with beef, uh, I, I guess maybe we could start with that for me, like uh, just a sense of identity. Uh, mm-hmm. Stephen Yoon, I, I find him so uh, insightful in many of his uh, like interviews. Whether it be a bit more serious or whether it be in one of those, um, you know, late night comedy, uh, late night talk shows, right? Um, so, like, he was talking, so, someone was asking him about, like, about this movie being a kind of a Korean American or Asian American. Um, and, and, and that it gets to the, the saying that, you know, you hear often when you're telling story, like, if, if you tell your particular story, then it becomes a universal story, right? Uh, but Stephen like turned that question back, and he goes, "Well, it, that all depends on who's asking that question, right? It almost seems like that you are asking me to make an authentic mm-hmm. Asian American story, mm. right? Um, and he said that these Asian American uh, things of the of the story itself, mm-hmm. they considered it more as a set piece." Like it's not it wasn't a question of being authentic or inauthentic. It's like they want to tell a story. These two characters happen to be Asian Americans, right? Mm-hmm. And more particularly like Korean American and Amy was I don't know what character actually that was played. Do you remember? Like she was a Chinese American? Yeah, she was Chinese American. Chinese American mm-hmm. Um and, and so like if you do a set piece in um, medieval times, right, then everything in even the background is going to be that. Mm-hmm. So Danny, the character played by Steven, is a Korean American and he goes to eat. I think it was Tenjin Chicken, right? He goes to a Korean restaurant to eat mm, uh, in a scene oh, where yeah. 
Isaiah, I think was it, his cousin. And of course, you're going to be authentic to that. And that's mm -hmm. all it needs to be. Mm -hmm. And the story itself, again, doesn't have to be like, oh, Korean or or like story for everybody. It just has to be the story itself. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So I thought that was so insightful and mm. that kind of, yeah, that you know, when you talk about identities, that, that's what I remembered. Yeah, I like that he said that as well. It kind of goes back to what we were talking about, about uh, like, what was it? Something being... No, that's just what my comment, but we were discussing, oh, women's poetry, women's poetry, or like a minority sort of poetry. It's mm -hmm. like, just call it poetry. <laughs> mm -hmm. But then again, I think some people do claim that category as their own, just to make a point. You know, if you're saying something is racist, or, you know, if you're part of some kind of movement like feminism, then you're calling on the kind of concept or something that's problematic so that's fine if you call yourself that but then if others are like oh you're specifically that then it's kind of i guess that's unfair yeah 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 but i like that he said that was just part of the set Stephen right. yun yeah right so amy was chinese american and george her husband was japanese american and his yeah. Yeah, so I like that they showed the beef between Koreans and Japanese as well. When, right? I think the character that's played oh, by Steven Yoon uh -huh. finds out that somebody, that George is Japanese or something like that. Wasn't there like a moment of tension right, that I remember? Was. Yeah, and I was like, oh, that's, it's fun that they show that there's uh -huh. like the different kinds of lives that Asian Americans have, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Because, like, an Asian American who's an artist, like, come on. <laughs> that rarely appears anywhere. <laughs> and, yeah. Amy looks zen, but she's totally not. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, it, was, it was nice. It was just really, like, peering into people's lives, normal lives. Yeah. So, Yeah. Yes, yes. They're, the characters are really well constructed, I thought. So right? it, was, it was fun. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah, so, what that, was it that made you mm -hmm. want to discuss this series in particular? Okay. Well, like you're saying, first, I think it's just a well told story. I just, uh, and I love talking about well told stories and just, mm. I don't know, it's, it's kind of like, Maybe someone getting excited about, let's say, someone who loves a car, and they say, man, this is just a well-made car, and you can talk hours and hours about what went into it, right? And then the mm -hmm. feel of the car, I wouldn't understand when they talk about it, but I understand the the joy that comes out of it. Um, mm -hmm. So it's just a well-told story, like, within its genre, mm -hmm. which is also kind of groundbreaking, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? It, it, it's, it's, it seems to be like tragic comedy, Mm -hmm. or comic tragedy or dark comedy mm -hmm. um but, yeah but but i think what really carries it is that and allows you to kind of go with the director no matter what, what shift or the tone that he makes is like you're saying the character now i, mm -hmm. I don't know i don't think all characters were as fully developed mm -hmm. but again that's okay if the main because you can't spend time with every character but yeah like the main characters and so this just starts from a near miss in a parking lot, right? 
and then it spins into this crazy thing where you end up with uh, again a robbery that goes sideways uh the, uh, the white woman who's cut in half um, mm-hmm. but you believe all of it is believable because that like the characters are making those decisions yeah 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 so yeah so that that first kind of drew me in mm. and then and then i stayed with that story like okay because it's just a good story mm-hmm. and then i'm thinking about it's not just it's not moral lessons, right? It's not just sometimes stories are made to teach like one more lesson, but but I'm so interested in the characters and the decisions they made, and that kind of re- led to a lot of different reflections. Um, mm-hmm. And and so b- before I keep talking, 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 I am interested in why you binge watched. Um, like, I think that stop? happens with a lot of series, but I so I rarely watch series anymore in general. I've just been watching like really short YouTube clips now because I skip a lot of it. I I just can't spend that much time watching it. But this was packed with action like the full way okay. through. And there's like cliffhangers sort of at the end of every. I did a good job of that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the plot was really good. And so the production company for this was A24. And they know that I like their aesthetic and the way that they tell stories. So I had the same feeling you had after watching Beef, mm-hmm. after I watched Everything Everywhere all at once, because I felt like their editing techniques and the visuals and the narrative and the characters were all really well built. So, and plus it was like, yeah, it was it was genre bending. It was um, really creative. So yeah, Beef kind of gave me a similar vibe Plus, they had that weird artwork and the weird quotes from, I think, yeah, philosophers right. as the yes. title of every episode. So yeah. that I really enjoyed that as well. Those titles were phrases from other philosophers, right? That's what they were, right? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And they were like vague but artsy. And then the music was also really jarring. But I kind of enjoyed that whole uh-huh. whole thing. It went with everything. Right. So, yeah. And for me, for me also the '90s alt rock music that oh, kind yeah. of scattered all over on the song or on the uh, uh, series. Yeah. Uh, right. Uh, the reason that. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Smashing pumpkins. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So I mean mm-hmm. that that for me is also like bringing me back to my formative years, right? Um, mm. So when I was playing electric guitar and thinking myself. Uh, rock career was a possibility. <laughs> mm. Yeah, I, I I grew up listening to them. So mm. yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The music I, was really good too. Uh, yeah, you know, I didn't realize that Jordan got chopped. Was it Jordan? I think was her name. Got chopped in half. I thought it was just her legs. Like, and then I watched a sort of summary of the whole thing again, just to refresh my memory. Uh-huh. And she was chopped in half. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they they don't give you the the visual to show exactly at what part of the body she was cut, but it basically chopped her, you know, dismembered and led to death. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Wow. See, that's why after that culmination, I didn't appreciate that the ending was so colorful. I didn't. I wanted it to be like just tragic to the end. Do you know what I mean? That's. Because it was tragic. It was tragic comedy. Is that what you mean? Uh, Well, that too. That too. Uh Because the audience also ends up having a beef, I think, with the characters because they're so horrible. Uh 
Like yeah. Amy, for example, has the affair and then never tells her husband until the very end, right? And then, I mean, a, in addition to a bunch of other things, and um, crap, Stephen. Danny is a character, yeah. Oh, Dan. Oh, yeah, yeah. Danny. What really pissed me off was that he threw away his brother's college acceptance letters. I, yeah, yeah. So I was like, oh, they're really building beef like across the screen as well. Yeah. It was just, yeah, I was so mad. So because I was, I also had a beef against these characters. I was Mm -hmm. like, they deserve to die (laughs) or something, (laughs) which they might have. I don't know. Uh Um, It did, it did seem like they died and like were reborn or something like that. But I was like. I like the tragic comic element and I didn't want it to end as a rom-com, you know? Yeah. 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 Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's interesting. Like once you put it as a rom-com and cause at the end, yeah, she's lying down right. Uh, in the, as a hospital where Steve or Danny, I keep saying Steve, right? Danny. And then, kind of puts his arms around it, right? So mm-hmm. that has that kind of rom-com element to it. Yeah, maybe it shouldn't have ended that way. Um, but, like, I think, like, the very fact that, you know, you believe, like, they should have, like, just died in the wilderness and 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 actually we would have this kind of sense of satisfaction because I really... Oh, no, oh, no, that's it? not what I meant. I just didn't okay. want it to. I like cliffhangers. So if the ending was just a mystery to us, I think it would have been nicer than a resolution. I see. I see. Okay. I okay. think, yeah. So it's more of a literary decision, like a narrative decision. Yeah. It was just too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I had a bit more room to just guess what happened at the end. I see, I see, Not I see. like a happily ever after after they, you know, connected yeah. and shared all their dark secrets. Of course, naturally, they should have co- it should have come to a resolution. It makes sense, I think, mm-hmm. narrative wise, because there was a culmination. People, mm-hmm. some, you know, people die, get jailed, whatever. And then, you know, they have they share all their deep, dark secrets and then they become like one person because I think they like inhabit each other's bodies almost after they get poisoned. Yeah, and then, yeah, they get poisoned and they have this hallucination, yeah. right? Which is, mm. yeah, yeah. Okay. Do the crows talk at some point? Is that See, yeah? Do the crows Wasn't talk? That such an unexpected where the crows are talking, mm-hmm. and then they're talking about hey that that bitch, <laughs> which mm. is uh, Amy. Mm-hmm. Actually, he sh- she shot at the crow somewhere, and they're talking. And so where, when they begin the first, the beginning of the last episode, right? Mm-hmm. Like she has the gun. Yeah. And, but the crows come and interrupt that. Do you remember that? No. Yeah. So the crows are talking uh-huh. and just out of nowhere, these cr- like, what in the world? Like, mm-hmm. that is a very bold move in the storytelling. Mm. But like, I felt like it made sense. Right, because it is a world where you have consequences. Mm-hmm. So I did feel like the like when Danny felt like he lost his brother, Paul. Mm-hmm. Right, because he mm-hmm. here, Paul goes over. He finally makes a confession. Paul goes over. Hears gunshots, and um, Amy thought that actually you know her husband 
is now going to be on her side, but realizes that her husband took the daughter and left. Not didn't even wait for her. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I felt like that made sense where every action does have consequences. Mm-hmm. Right. And so the crows coming in, I, I just thought was just brilliant. Like, mm. right? did you watch um, everything everywhere all at once? Yes, I did. Yeah, you did. So yeah. that reminded me of the rock scene where there's just two rocks having a dialogue out of the out yeah. of nowhere. And yeah, it's sort yeah, of yes. like a redemptive sort of moment. And I thought, what is the point of this weird scene? Yeah. But like they add a bit of magical realism, like surrealist kind of thing to. to the, I, don't, I don't really know what that added to the story. I thought it was weird. But, yeah, so that I couldn't quite fit with everything everywhere all at once. Mm. But here they play a role, the crows play a role in the uh, action, right? What happens after? Mm. So again, Amy loses the gun because mm. the crow comes interrupting. Mm. And yeah, you shoot at somebody, right? And then, you know, you, you, you got to hear it back. Mm. And I, I just love also the fact that um, when Amy and Danny does come back to civilization, and they're limping along, actually, that daddy does get shot. Mm-hmm. right? And this kind of goes back to like the check calls, like if you're going to show a gun, you better be used. And that gun actually plays a role, right? Where Amy's, you know, just uh, you know, it's kind of, uh, masturbating with the with the gun, mm-hmm. right? Um, and the gun makes its way throughout the thing. But again, just the consistency of the storytelling that it gets used. Um, mm. But in midst of all that, and like you're saying, I, I like how you put it, I never realized that I had beef with the characters. I know that I was reacting like, oh, man, you know, when I was seeing it uh, with somebody, like, I was like, no, why did you do that, Danny? Mm-hmm. Even though it was a it was a flashback to what Danny did before, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Where it's like, oh, you just felt it felt so wrong that I was reacting as if Danny just did it now. Mm-hmm. Or even him, the house burning, and then he tries to blame it on Amy. Oh, my goodness, yeah. So in midst yeah. of all that, mm-hmm. like that's where kind of like at the end, they thought they die and they wake up. It was so undeserved. Mm. So this is me, I guess, a pastoral theology <laughs> side. Coming, like, I was like, that is an amazing story of grace. Mm. And grace doesn't solve everything. It doesn't, right? They still have issues come back, even if they end with that. You're, you are like a kind of rom-com scene where they're, together and all those days and nights that come in in a very artistic way um like if they do have season two i don't think the storyteller is going to say everything's forgiven i think they have a lot of consequences to go back to mm-hmm. right but that they lived and yeah it was so undeserved yeah right. did they say there was going to be a sec- season two i no. i don't know i'm yeah okay. i don't know I, and i hope mm. it's like i don't know if they should i wish they don't i hope they don't yeah i hope they don't right because yeah. what would season two be? That kind of uh, tying up loose ends? How they don't tie up loose ends? Yeah. Or like, yeah. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I agree with you on that. They shouldn't. They might. With Netflix, I wouldn't be surprised. But I know money drives them, right? Yeah. If they're going to make money. Uh, yeah. Mm. You know, yeah, one thing I mean, that I just... felt was really flat was Isaac's character. Yes. Because he was built as a you know they lay the groundwork by saying he's a bad person and then he was just a bad person he just sucked through the whole thing i was like expecting to see something behind his behavior but there was nothing yeah so yeah so yeah that didn't quite fit 
the rest because even Paul is Danny's brother, right? I think so, Paul. Paul, yeah. Yeah. At the beginning too, he just sounded like uh, your typical today's you know gamer mm-hmm. who has no uh, discipline or even vision for the future and just sprouts out like TikTok memes, right? Mm-hmm. But he ends up being a really deep character, and so that was yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and his brother made him that way, which makes you, oh, yeah. Yes, right. Yeah. So the brother's all about like, oh, you know, making his parents proud and bringing them over. But he's like ruined his brother's life. So, yeah. yeah. But you don't, it's nice that they made everybody seem a certain way in the beginning. And then they just sort of unravel what we think about them. Yeah. Yes, except so. Isaac, right? Except Isaac, yeah. Yeah, I know, yeah. yeah. That so that's why I thought they could at least do just one or two things, right? Just yeah. to flesh him out a bit more and not yeah. be such a flat character. Because um, he did play a role. Even like the random praise pastor dude who's there kind of has a moment where he, he turns into kind of a bad guy, right? Yeah. But there's nothing yeah. with Isaac. He's just bad. He's just yeah, sucks throughout. Right, right. <laughs> so, yeah. So as that you mentioned that uh, the praise leader, <laughs> praise leader, yeah, yeah. Uh, so at that scene when uh, Danny goes back to the church, because there was that moment when he like, what was it that leads to like, wow, this is going out of control, right? And he goes to church and he cries, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and the people around him sees that him as a him coming to Jesus moment, mm-hmm. right? Um, lot, lot, there's, I think TikTok, not TikTok, or Twitter has kind of showed the scene as if the the words around it, the framework is like, what well, this captures, even though it's a short scene, captures the Korean American church experience. What did you think of it as you were seeing that? How did it, did it resonate with you at all? What do you mean it captures the Korean American church experience? Well, yeah. Um, He's crying? Yeah, so he goes to the church and he goes and he cries mm-hmm. and he cries while they're worshiping, you know, they're doing the worship song. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is seen as, and maybe like by others in the church, and maybe even Danny himself for a while as a turn towards God, right? He's going to change his life. Um, but how's that, that Korean American experience? The Korean American church. I mean, that's a good question. That's a good question. Uh, I think it's more of the kind of uh, like when I had emotional experience in the church. Mm-hmm. In one sense, the Korean American, you know what? Uh, my Korean American church experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, emotions was a very important part of that faith for me. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm interested in you, right? So, um, like going to a retreat center and crying and repenting of your sins was mm-hmm. a sign of having encountered God. Mm-hmm. For a long time, the way I even told my story of meeting God was me crying and repenting of my sins at a retreat center. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that was my story for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what kind of captured it is that like the reason why Danny was crying wasn't about religion yeah it was about so many other emotions he was feeling Mm -hmm. like things were out of control uh he was angry at himself 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and so for me, like when I'm trying to see, like when I cried, again, the framework was I'm repenting of my sin. Mm-hmm. But it could be that just the difficulty of my experience as, you know, as a Korean American and maybe the exp- experience of racism, of not feeling good enough, mm-hmm. being in the white, you know, community or even to my parents, all of that could be mixed up. Yeah. But yeah. I couldn't word it. Somebody else gave me the word for it. Mm. Yeah. Well, ironically, even though that was nothing to do with God, he they start the next episode with him as the praise yeah. leader, which yeah. I found hilarious. Right. Because um, he acted the part, so. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so it kind of made it look like a performance, everything, you know. Yeah. But um, emotion, I guess. I mean, I think they are really desperate people, the ones that cry. I don't know if I, so I guess it didn't make such an impression that I recall having seen people cry unless they were like truly desperate or like sad about something. Yeah. 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 I'm sure I've cried at some point. <laughs> Probably at church, yeah. But the biggest moment you that I a remember crying moment at church, I'm sure you're <laughs> Korean Americans and I'm just joking about that. I mean I might have made myself cry to mm, fit in. I, that was that too. <laughs> but I the moment that I remember the most, even though I don't feel as like in touch anymore with the church, is seeing a blind girl next to me at a retreat. And she was reading all the lyrics, but she wasn't singing along. She couldn't hear anything, obviously. Um, did I say blind? No, she was deaf. Oh my god, what did I say? She's she obviously could see the lyrics <laughs> on the screen, so she was just uh-huh. reading along. And then she shared later on that like it really touched her that mm-hmm. she couldn't hear the music, but she could feel the beat on the ground. Mm-hmm. And even though she couldn't really jump with everyone else, like she actually l- read what they meant. I was like, oh my gosh, that's what we all should be doing. <laughs> Reading what they actually mean. <laughs> These yeah. lyrics that we're all singing to. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, but but I feel like American churches, like Baptist churches, especially in like other, I don't know, gospel sort of focused churches probably all have that element of like falling over and like crying and going up to the front and yeah. yeah. But the Presbyterian church is not that, not like that oh, as much. No, no, they're so stiff. I don't, yeah. That's right, why I don't yeah. remember that much any tears or anything really. Okay. Okay. Yeah. 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 So yeah. And, and uh, yeah, I think the church church provides this kind of a container for your emotions. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, that emotion has to be let out some somewhere somehow. Yeah. Um, and church provides a safe container, but it just limits on whether you can fully explore it. Right? It doesn't give you mm-hmm. full uh, freedom to fully explore it. It, it just mm-hmm. has one interpretive thing. And but like yes, even though like I'm now in a Presbyterian church, I honest honestly, I, sometimes I just need a good cry. I have nowhere to go. I don't know mm. where to do a, give a good cry. Mm. Like, in, at, right? In the church, I could have. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I did. But here, no. Like, maybe <laughs> I should just 
to, to work with a therapist, right? <laughs> Maybe that's why I need a therapist. Give a good cry. Mm. Um, but but for for that, you were saying that yeah, uh, like after that, he's not involved in the church. So there was some release, right? Mm. It wasn't like a change of redemption, but for him, it was some release. Yeah, let go of that pent up emotions. And so he's able to do something, and and that is you're right. You're right. That's performance. Uh, again, that too, I think for me, my church experiences, you, you, the church encourages performance. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think at some point that becomes real, and I mean it can be real. Like you do, you fake it until you make it, as they say. But you know, the motions kind of. It's a physical experience as well that's real, right? So that can lead to something real. But um, the thing is, the whole show is kind of a a vomit of emotion. They like rage. Yeah, there's so much rage. But there's only one emotion. So at least church was an outlet for other kinds of emotions. Yes. Yeah. Vomit, yeah. and that's a good selection, good word, I think, because at the end, that's what they do, right? With the poison, they vomit. they're vomiting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that's me, like that spiritual. Last... It was sorry, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. No, I want to hear that. Yes. No, I was just gonna say it was like purging, physical, but also like spiritual. You know, just they grew out of that whole experience, but in such a quick, quick moment. Right. right yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it was like a purging of many kinds. So. Yes. Yeah. So that's what I really loved about the last uh, scene in the wilderness. Mm. So I think there's so much like, symbolism mm. behind everything that happens there. Mm. Like, again, with the crows coming in, it, it's a world of consequences. Um, like, yeah, throwing up right, as a purging. Yeah. Uh, it, it, the poison as a medicine. Mm. The poison itself is the medicine, right? But it, it's going to first, to go through a system, it, it has to kind of, Cause out of pain. My person yeah. is painful. It was their valley of death. <laughs> yes, it was the valley of death. They were in the wilderness, yeah. and mm. like I mean, just because the story is well told, I, I'm sure uh, that the storyteller kind of knows like this this kind of symbolic resonance going back to all of the, in the. It's not just a Christian thing, but again, that situation I know, like where you find liberation in the wilderness, where you mm. go and you finally find. That the devil's inside you, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Uh, Saint Anthony experience, right? Um, and then even the the psychedelic experience they have, where the ego, the boundaries is like erased, and they don't know who's who. Mm-hmm. You know what's yeah, interesting? Was it was. I love it. Yeah. Again, like, would you expect that, right? Uh, if mm-hmm. I'm telling a story, but again, it makes sense. So what, what was so fascinating is that I had a conversation with. Um, this is conversation around the church, right? How can we candle the old white churches, right? So set in their own ways, like mm-hmm. can we really try to bring them in to a more diverse, uh, you know, anti-racist, anti-sexist type of community? Mm-hmm. And then you know, many people are saying, no, I don't think so. I think we just have to go. Like we can't have them hold us back. Like we just have to go. Mm-hmm. And then one person said, you know, like this was a side remark because she couldn't say it in the larger conversation. If you want to bring transformation, what we need is psychedelic drugs, <laughs> <laughs> where the bond, the ego, just melts away, and they can really like ah, oh, like really begin to see it. 
Mm. Like no amount of words is going to break that ego, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and when she, she said that, like I was like, you know what? That's what happened in beef, right? Like that is the kind of like they weren't talking it out. Like, it's not like therapy. It was just a kind of a transcendental moment in one sense. Like, mm. they had this. They didn't, They weren't thinking about it. They had it. And because of that, it wasn't caused by them. Mm. They had their the ego boundary was erased. And they could really begin to, like, be the other. Mm. Like, yeah, but th that took so much pain and suffering to get there, you know? Yes, you're right. That's true. And... Yeah, it was external, but it was also the, the series of choices that led there as well. So it was like, so they made all the wrong choices <laughs> to right. arrive there. The choices, right? <laughs> but at the same time, the show kind of tries to pin it on the parents as well. So I was like, okay, that's interesting. Yeah. So it's like generational trauma, sure. But in the end, yeah, there's things that they can't control, but they also... Um, yeah, it was consequence of their actions, really. But it took so much to shatter their egos. Like, it took right. eight episodes of, like, pure torture and losing everything. That's <laughs> yes, that's right. Yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> but I also, I felt, I thought it was, like, sort of a a satire on this perfect Californian sort of rich life as well. Like, this capitalist yes. life. Yeah. Because everybody's, like... George tells Amy, I was looking for a spiritual connection. And then she he found it with some young chick, right? And then the girl who was going to receive some award for being, like, appearing on some style magazine or something like that. That's right. That's Na her name, is right? it Naomi? Yeah. Naomi? Yeah. Is it, is it Naomi? Yeah. And so yeah. part of that, want everyone to kind of know that. <laughs> yeah. But that's all she had. She was that's really she lonely as well. And yeah. then I didn't really understand how she became lesbian. I didn't really get that switch. Yeah. Which was, was I felt like it was unnecessary. Yeah. But yeah, yeah they just lose comedy. everything. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So they lose everything. Yeah. <laughs> just to yes. be like, nothing is perfect in this perfect looking life out That's in California. Point, yes. That's great. Yeah. 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 Eight episodes for them to... Yeah, lose everything. Yeah. And Jordan had to be a consistent villain, though. They also didn't develop her that much either. She wanted that egg chair, the Tamago chair. That's right. She had Jordan. taken all these uh, what looked like stolen museum artifacts. Like, she bought them, obviously. But she had all these crowns, right? Mm -hmm. Exotic mm -hmm. crowns from who knows where. Yeah, yeah. And then she appropriated this... Asian wife as well from I think it was her brother's wife right so essentially she took her brother's wife so it's like she was playing God and then she was, was yeah. smashed in half <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah wow yeah right and then so for me the way I would look at that is like again this is my theology had like all these false graces mm -hmm. right so for Danny it was a church for a while that was like this is where my life could turn around he doesn't Mm -hmm. And for Amy, uh, you mentioned all those other characters' false graces. And for Amy, it was Jordan, right? Mm -hmm. Like if Jordan would buy a company, then that said she would be out of the rat race and she would no longer be the rat that she is right now, right? So, and then I mean, just so many amazing like uh, decisions by the storyteller. So she, Amy, the last scene again is at Jordan's house, right? God has to worship 
this goddess, white goddess at her sanctuary. And all the appropriated crowns she has to wear on, right? It's the, uh, like, we have to partake of the racism that hurts us in one sense, right? Mm. Um, and she has to partake of the appropriation, <clears throat> excuse me. So, yeah, I mean, that all of that, I feel like, wow, just, uh, it's staying true to the characters, but it's also so many things that it's saying with every action, kind of, and there's a lot of rich symbolism without... Yeah, just turning into a little like uh, what is that called? But allegorical story. Do you know mm -hmm. what I'm talking about? Yeah. Right? It's not an allegory, but there's so much sim rich symbolism in all these actions mm. and scenes. So, yeah. why I wonder about the intention if it's just the obvious of having Jordan be a rich white woman in California. I think they're in mm -hmm. California, right? Because at yeah, the end, yeah. in her house, everyone is Asian. Her wife is Asian. The the two. Wait, are the thieves? No. Actually, the thieves are not, right? There's one thief who's white. Oh, Andrew some Santino, yeah. I think is his name. Just comic. Yeah. yeah. yeah but funny, like, yeah. yeah. But almost everybody is just Asian there except for her. Yeah, Jordan and that and she one dies. thief. Went, and you know, actually, she died. And the white thief who came with Isaac, he died. Mm. Only the white characters died in the story. <laughs> Isaac yeah. didn't die. Yeah. All didn't die. So, I mean, that, that yeah. was an interesting thing. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But maybe it's Is talking about statement? how... Yeah, a statement. All the other previous movies where it's the white survivor and everybody else dies. Maybe that mm. turns just... Yeah, maybe that's the one kind of strange, like, non-consistent decision that the director's made. But mm. maybe it's a statement like you, you're saying. <laughs> but, mm. yeah, only white characters died. Yeah. What did you think about the mother, the mother-in-law? Mm. Who also, I like that they showed her being bankrupt as well. Like, she seems so not vulnerable, but then she was also struggling. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Or did I make yes. that up? Yeah. She, no, no, she wanted yeah, to borrow yes, money. Yes. She wanted to borrow money. Yeah. And, um, yeah, that's another character which you think will be a flat character, but they develop and actually she even kind of... Uh, lies for Amy, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and then wants Amy to get back with her son. And so, yeah. 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 So, I mean, yeah, yeah, it was well, yeah. Yeah, but all these couples are just staying with their toxic partners. <laughs> It's so bad. <laughs> like Amy's yeah. mother was basically like, "Don't I don't really care that your dad cheated on me. I know, and that's fine." Yeah. And then Amy, you know, and George have also cheated on each other, so they've essentially passed down this trait. And um, but then like the elders are like, "Just stay together." And um, I don't know. All of the marriages are sort of bizarre. Yeah. 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 Like the praise leader as well with his wife, you know, the jealousy there. Yeah. Didn't seem like they had a, a very good relationship either. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of the marriages were just precarious, interestingly. I, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I wonder, like, if most marriages are actually kind of like mm -hmm. that, where there is precarious, precarious um, and unhealthy dynamics. But they still stay, decide to stay together. Mm -hmm. 
Um, a lot of secrets. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a show about secrets. Right. With right. that weird um, witch-like character as well that appears when Amy watches his her father cheat on his mother, on her mother. There's this black witch who says, like, keep keep your secrets or something like that. Yeah, that's right. You know the big the lady with the big nose? Yes, I I gotta Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Right. That that was a surprise too, the witch suddenly that's her imagination, right? So maybe Amy imagined that witch. Yeah. Um, yeah. It seemed to be like with the crows, you know, this black magic kind of theme sort yeah. of in this yeah. in the show. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Mm. Okay, you know what? I gotta think about that. Yeah. She just freaked me out. <laughs> I didn't right, know right. what to it make of her. And you're right. <laughs> yeah. As far as like they're like the crows, he just just comes up, appears. Yeah. And then keeping secret, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Who's your yeah. least favorite character? My least favorite character. Yeah. Uh, Who's your most and your least? That's interesting. Like, so do you mean like? Uh, as far as like from the storytelling perspective, like oh that's a great character, or just that I liked this character, I or think... that I related most with this character, like okay, uh, <laughs> I'm any of those. Any of those? <laughs> um, the ones wow. that you could relate to the most, I guess. You can relate to the most. I, I for sure it's Danny. I mean, mm -hmm. as a Korean American young, mm -hmm. I could relate to him, and which is probably why also like. I was so angry when he threw the brother's uh, college applications. Mm -hmm. Like, how would you do that? But, like, I could sense the sense of competitiveness. Like, mm -hmm. I am the young, so I need to be the one that he should be, depend on. Mm -hmm. um, so, like, yo, I'm letting you know my secrets, man. <laughs> <laughs> my my brother is a pastor and he's definitely a lot more successful pastor than i was mm. and i'm happy for him mm. but there's always a sense of jealousy and, and the fact that i'm not doing ministry that helps me to separate myself but if i was still in ministry mm. and he's doing well mm -hmm. and actually he's about to like his, his congregation is about to even buy a church building mm. right i mean they're really mm. like they love growing. him. He loves them. Yet growing, yeah. right? Uh, and if I was still in ministry, and I saw that, mm. I would not feel good over myself. Mm. I'd be happy, but also angry, mm -hmm. probably at myself. But like, if I didn't know better, or I'm well, I might be angry at him, right? I wouldn't even know where that would come out, right? Mm. So, yeah, yeah. So I'm glad I'm not in ministry. <laughs> Because I can't compete with my brother on that one. Mm. Maybe they should go into podcast. <laughs> <laughs> what, what about you? What about you, George? Like, what? Who? Who's your favorite or least? And uh, well, I didn't like Isaac. <laughs> Chairs, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. From what yeah. I already said. Yeah. Uh, thing is, I didn't really like any of the characters. Okay. Yeah. I don't think I particularly related to any of them. Maybe Paul. I felt like he was the most normal. That is true. 
yeah. he was the most you know he yeah. reacted kind of appropriately to situations sort of yeah, yeah. yeah. and he kind of went for what I guess maybe he is one of the favorites then, or maybe my favorite character. He went for what he wanted. He went for Amy, even though she had tricked him. Mm. He was like into that. And then, but he seemed fully aware of what he was doing there. So yeah, or maybe not, I don't know. But in any case, he seemed the most sort of normal person there. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Most, like true to himself. Yeah, true yeah. to himself. And he yeah. provided empathy to his brother, mm-hmm. I felt. Uh, yeah. Like, even to Amy, like, mm-hmm. when Amy was, like, saying, uh, I, I can't have a sexual relation with you. Mm-hmm. And he kind of respects that. Yeah. Right, um, He's a decent person. Huh? <laughs> Nobody else is decent. <laughs> yeah, exactly. he was a decent like... person, yes. Yeah. And actually, really, there, Amy has a power, right? in that relationship money wise right yeah um but yeah that's another thing about class right they showed the reaction uh you know the difference between amy and danny was also kind of class mm-hmm. right um yeah and i like a lot of asian americans who do not make it and there's i think a lot more great expectation like Asian Americans because of the modern minority. Oh, like why are you not a doctor, right? Mm. Well, you know, why are you a construction worker? Mm. I, and I think that's another layer of uh, anger between them. Um, mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I mean, going back to Paul, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I mean, they're all also. I mean. They're striving for success, but none of the mm. success makes any of them happy anyway. <laughs> mm. yeah. yeah. But you're right. Like, for example, him buying the house for his parents. His parents didn't seem one bit happy. I was That's like, true. how did you bring your parents to the U.S.? They didn't want to go there. <laughs> but he was so, like, fixed on this weird idea of bringing his parents there out of duty or whatever. But they didn't even want to be there. So right. it's sort of yeah. his own yeah. fantasy. Like right. he built the pressure on himself from yeah. like what he thought he had to do. Right. I don't. I don't think his parents needed it. I think they were happy where they were. Yeah. At, at least that's the impression that I got. Right. No, right. I mean, they were complaining about the situation for working under for the uncle, but that's kind of a thing, right? Like they had to complain, right? Mm. <laughs> like uh, complaining uncle, complaining father or, or mom. But you're right. I never thought about that part. They were really happy um to come to america to see and, and they weren't even like totally destroyed when they saw the house burning like okay let's go back to korea <laughs> which is and it might be cool a riff them, on but, yeah it might yeah. be a riff on like how the american dream is just nothing um, yeah an illusion yeah. but danny destroys his house and then amy also so when i was listening to one of uh, just a brief clip that i saw somewhere in their interviews amy said that her minimalist house was designed to look zen, but there were like wooden bars in her house that made it look like a prison or a cage. And if you look at the bathroom scene where Danny pees all over the bathroom, yeah. when they when he opens the door, you see the pattern on the wall. I realize that looks like a prison as well. Huh. It's got like crisscross patterns. Okay. So this like 
modern concrete building she builds for herself is really like her jail. Yeah. Her jail cell. No matter how big it is, how expensive it was, still a prison. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So I, I, only, I know we only have a few more minutes left. It just kind of pointing out some of these things that just like makes the circle complete in one sentence. Just okay, because I thought the storytelling, the continuity of it was so well done. Like even at the um, starting of the again the last episode when they're in the cars again and when they see each other, mm-hmm. right? It it goes back to the very beginning. Mm. Like at that point, so there, another thing I realized is that at every point of their uh, action that escalates the violence, they they could have chosen differently, right? Mm. Um, and right there, like Danny, they both lost everything. Danny mm. lost his brother. Uh, Amy lost his, her family. And rather than saying, oh, my goodness, and it all started because I was chasing this dude or chasing this girl. But they just began to chase. Mm. And it kind of was saying it's a decision that finally leads them to the desert, the, the yeah. wilderness. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> that, that was such well done, too. Yeah. Uh, that was a fun ride. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was fun talking about this. I, I definitely wanted to talk with somebody actually and go kind of pull things out. Yeah. But this was There's a great so conversation. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for this. Yeah. <laughs> it's fun it talking fun about this with someone. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's so much in there, actually. Was, I wanted right? to talk to someone. Yeah. Even with a movie, the Everything Every Roll at Once, I wanted to talk to someone, but there was nobody. Um, yeah, let's do that. Yeah. I could watch the movie again, Everything Every Roll. What I like about that movie is that my daughter loved it and wanted to watch it with me. Mm. Oh, that's and it is a mother-daughter talk conversation, right? It's I mean, not conversation. It's a story about the mother and daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, of course, there's so much more, but yeah. Mm. So maybe we could do that. Uh, yeah. We can, yeah. Yeah. I'll find a summary somewhere. <laughs> okay. I'm sure there's so many. Yeah. Yeah.